Hello, and welcome to Into the Void with Will Adolfi. Today's episode is an exploration into the one and only alcohol. This one is for anyone who is perhaps sober curious or intrigued to learn more about the very substance that touches anyone and everything in some manner. I'm going to jump straight into where it all began, discuss the modern myths and share what has happened to me since living a sober life for the last 10 months. I just want to stress this from the get-go though, this is by no means a podcast to preach stopping. I understand everyone has their own relationship with alcohol, but whether you're a teetotaler or I'll have one or two at the weekends, there's plenty to discuss. And like every drug, it's not the drug that causes the problem. It's the relationship the user has with the drug itself. So I'm going all in on this one. I'm feeling very pumped. Without further ado, let's dive in. We should start by acknowledging that alcohol is one of the most universally produced and enjoyed substances in human history. Researchers believe our ancestors were ingesting ethanol literally since the dawn of civilization, millions of years ago. But the earliest current evidence for brewed alcohol is from the Chinese, who were making a kind of like wine from rice, honey and fruit. That was 9,000 years ago. And wine was also consumed in classical Greece for breakfast. In the Middle Ages, beer was an everyday drink for all people. And in 1st century BC, wine was an intricate part of the diet of most citizens. So basically, we love booze. (laughs) We bloody love it. But why? What is so alluring about alcohol? And why have human beings been undeniably drawn to it? Well... Let's jump back millions of years where Nathaniel Domini, a biological anthropologist at Dartmouth College, believes we're pre-adapted for consuming alcohol. He says our ape ancestors started eating fermented fruits on the forest floor and that made all the difference. Because essentially these ancestors would swing through the trees, chowing down on some fruits to survive. But it was the rotting fruits they would eat, which had ethanol in them. And they were drawn to the rotting fruits for a number of reasons. So firstly, it has a strong, distinctive smell that made the fruit easy to locate. Secondly, the ethanol. It made the fruit easier to digest. And finally, its antiseptic qualities repel microbes that could sicken a primate. All of this information is from a killer article that I'm going to reference in the description. Um, You've got to check it out. So back then, the attraction to ethanol may have been a critical survival advantage for our primate ancestors. And therefore, something in our reward circuitry lit up instinctively at the sight of these fruits with a twang. I mean, it seems fair to say that evolution has played a part in our desires for alcohol. And that at first, there were actually health benefits, which is nice to know, right? In fact, until the rise of modern sanitation beer, wine and other fermented beverages were often healthier to drink than water, 
which kind of blew my mind. Because in fermenting sugar, yeasts make more than just ethanol. They actually produce all kinds of nutrients, and those nutrients would have been more present in ancient brews rather than in our modern kind of filtered and, and pasteurized varieties. In fact, to certain ancient communities, beer was a sort of enriched liquid bread, providing calories, hydration and essential vitamins. So once upon a time, essentially a nice pint was the perfect post-workout supplement. <laughs> and there's more. From the rituals of the Stone Age on, the mind-altering properties of booze have fired our creativity and fostered the development of language, the arts and religion. This is a narrative that many specialists and researchers out there firmly believe. So booze has propelled humanity in many ways, it seems. And we should be thankful for not just booze, but for all mind-altering substances that have allowed humans to transcend the physical realm and deepen our connection with life and then of course there is the other side of the story the darker side because as always when we enjoy things us humans find it hard to stop and the enjoyment descends into chaos throughout history ethanol's intoxicating power has made it an object of concern and most societies have struggled to strike a balance. So Rod Phillips, author of Alcohol, A History, says, allow people to drink because it makes them happy and is a gift from the gods, but prevent them from drinking too much. For example, wine was the focus of elaborate rituals that cemented the status of the tribal leaders, but things often got rowdy. So the ceremonies were brutal. <laughs> they would sacrifice victims, sword fights would break out over food. Warriors were getting drunk before they got into battle. So it seems like anything in life, there's a good side and there's a bad side. And to give an oversimplified version of the very brief history we've just covered, <laughs> it seems alcohol had its benefits. And then as time went on, the relationship became toxic for many individuals and societies, which brings us to where we are now. From our modern point of view, ethanol has one very compelling property. It makes us feel good. Ethanol helps release serotonin, dopamine and endorphins in the brain, chemicals that at first glance make us happy and less anxious. And it's clear the horror facts of alcohol do nothing really to us. <laughs> we, I mean, we already know what damage it can cause with the liver, financially, relationships, violence, rape, accidents, murder, death. But let's look a little deeper and unpick the basics. So alcohol is a worldwide trillion dollar industry. So it's something that is sold to us. It has a brand and a huge place in our culture as a social lubricant and status symbol. 
I mean, this is something we learn from before we start walking. But what's the narrative? Well, let's look at Coca-Cola for a second. And let's say there's two versions of the drink, the brand and the reality. For Coke, the brand is everything we see from the cosy red Santa Claus to the slick commercials and the pretty glass bottle. Then the reality is it's a tub of sugar and water with phosphoric acid thrown in so we can hold it down without vomiting. If you actually watch YouTube videos on how Coke's made, it's, I guess it's the same for anything, isn't it, as well with our meats also. But I recommend you checking out YouTube and seeing how Coke's made because it really does show you the reality. And it's pretty scary to think that we're sold that. Um, but for alcohol, the reality is, well, in its truest form, it's an anesthetic, a depressant, a diuretic, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, a disinfectant. You know, one that when combined with natural ingredients is able to be ingested by a human. So if you remember the first time you drink, you struggle to hold the liquid down. But over a series of nights, your body is forced to adjust. So you get to the point where you can drink. But its brand is far different. It's no secret, is it? Alcohol has incredible PR. And from an early age, we as children, we're primed. In films, TV, our very own parents play a role in this. And role models, they all view alcohol, or most of these films, these TV, the parents, all view alcohol as social, fun, celebratory, cool. It's something you take after a rough day to take the edge off or at a wedding or a funeral. We learn to drink. But why do we drink? Or perhaps we should ask, why do we not drink? Well, personally, drinking gave me something to look forward to at the weekends, in the evening. But in asking myself these questions, I realised... It wasn't actually the drink I look forward to. I mean, no one looks forward to a hangover, right? But rather it was the fun. And I had it warped in my mind that drinking equals fun. Because that's what we learn, right? And this is the message that we receive from all those places, the films, the books, the TV. I mean, we even watch our parents as children clinking glasses and having a right old good time with their friends. But I found myself in a dilemma where in order to have fun, I felt like I had to drink. So I asked, what if I could have fun? Even more fun without the booze and with my senses. I mean, some of the funnest times of my life were back when I was at school with nothing but orange squash in me. So why do I feel that I have to swig a pale L every time I meet a mate? Why do I have to suffer a hangover every time someone gets a new job or marries the love of their life? Why don't we just meet and not drink? Because then we wouldn't have fun. But if I can't have fun with my friends, sober, maybe they're not my friends. <laughs> These were all the kind of, this is the inner dialogue going on in my head um, when I was in bed at night alone staring at the ceiling. But these were frightening questions to me and I was faced with this 
I mean, was alcohol really the social glue that held my friends and I together? And well, I found myself at a point in my life where for the first time I was willing to dive into the unknown sober world and find out. So I'm going to give you a little context. Firstly, it took me about two years, I'd say, of not enjoying drinking or not enjoying binge drinking, I should say, to summon the will to take the plunge into sobriety. I was that guy who, when midnight came, I'd stop drinking and chug loads of water to try and prevent a hangover the next day. And I know many of my friends do that. And I do think if you're at that place, it does suggest that perhaps you are sober curious. Um, I was also prone to anxiety. I am prone to anxiety and depression as well. So the hangovers become existential and something I just dreaded. I mean, this is why I felt trapped. Alcohol had the power over me because I felt the pressure to drink whenever I was meeting friends. And then one night I was at my girlfriend's and we had a couple of glasses of wine and the next morning I just felt very groggy, tired, um, my stomach wasn't good and I had this one question in my mind, you know, why did I need to drink? And this was the start of me contemplating taking action. So I wasn't taking action yet but I was nervous about taking action but really curious about taking action and it was just so abundantly clear at this point in my life that alcohol wasn't helping me so i then read a book called alan carr's easy way to stop drinking which i will put in the description for anyone that's perhaps interested and i actually got this for christmas and i shit you not as soon as i got it (laughs) as everyone was kind of opening up a few presents i started reading it and i finished it within the hour it was a picture book so it's like 100 pages and i was utterly enthralled i couldn't it just made so much sense and as soon as i finished the book i knew i actually knew that was it so what did i discover going sober well firstly we don't like feeling unsettled that was abundantly clear and when meeting new people or in large social groups humans feel just that we feel unsettled And what I found is in any social situation, it just takes a little time for people to relax in each other's company. And this becomes really clear when you're sober and you go to a few social events and you can actually feel the energy in the room shift at a certain point. Because at first there's this unsettledness, a feeling of what do I do with myself, um, particularly in large social groups. But at some point, even without alcohol, there will be a turning point in people's ability to unwind around one another. And this even happens when you're meeting up one-on-one with a friend and perhaps you're not even drinking. It's like anything in any podcast or conversation towards the latter half of the conversation, as you've had time to just settle in, that's when the energy comes and that's when you kind of feel most unguarded and vulnerable in a good way and it's engaging. Um, so this freaked me out at first I, I actually started drinking lots of coffee initially as a crutch um, but you get acquainted with the feeling and it goes as you learn to trust that this is a normal part of socializing next thing i like to touch on is there's plenty of misconceptions 
So to jump back to the popular perception that alcohol makes us feel less anxious, which at a first glance, I think that's true. But I would argue that you have to include the after effects as well. And how about the next day when you awake in your bed and you ponder on what happened the night before and you're sat there and you're thinking, oh my God, what the fuck did I say? What did I do? And if you've had a blackout, it's scary. You genuinely do not know anything could have happened. And you've also got cortisol pumping around your body. And for anyone that has anxiety, like myself, it's just horrible and very anxiety inducing so i think the after effects have to come into play and i know that everyone has different after effects perhaps uh, but for me that was a massive misconception that i realized and you actually have more energy this blew my mind i was very surprised by how much energy in social situations i actually had i remember the first kind of social event I was at was at Christmas my mum was there my family we had family friends over and at some point during the night I was I got up and I had all this energy and I was like I mean this I just quit drinking so that comes into it but it was incredible I was up dancing and I remember seeing everyone sat down with their drinks thinking oh my god I've actually got more energy this is very bizarre so I was keener to dance and I felt more myself in conversations and that leads me to the the next point which I think is one of the main ones it's the called I've heard people call it the confidence paradox because this is the number one illusion drink generates we feel if we stop will become less confident when actually it's the complete opposite that happens. Because without the liquor greasing up your mental faculties, you become more present and therefore self-assured. So you have more clarity and therefore more confidence. Um, And being empowered by your soberness, it will add to this. Plus the self-respect you gain from sticking to the decision, it all comes together and you actually become more confident, um, which yeah was a big surprise to me this clarity also helps reduce anxiety rather than add to it and the anxiety i'm talking about is that very specific type when you wake up the morning after we touched on it earlier and you have that horrible feeling what did i do it's kind of very specific type of social anxiety well when you're sober you don't wake up like that and you know this obviously we all know this because you know exactly what you did and it just wasn't a big deal so you have just as much if not more fun at times I found that because I'm not groggy I have more energy I feel more positive and that was the indicator to me that it wasn't alcohol that was fun but rather the the presence I could feel uh, in and amongst those that I love um, and having a good time with them it was that that I was chasing it wasn't what the alcohol or how it made me feel so I felt empowered by how I finally didn't need alcohol to enjoy myself it was scary but it proved to me that I didn't need it and this made me feel free I was out of a trap I didn't even know I was in Um, and of course finally the big one you know I have more money I have more money now you know which I put towards healthy food and it just means that I can afford to spend more on food and I can go to Marks and Spencers believe it or not Um, I don't actually go there I still stick to Aldi but yeah (laughs) it's just definitely added to my life for sure another thing that is very important to mention 
no more hangovers for the rest of my life. So a friend said to me, you could make a decision right now that would mean you'll never have a hangover again for the rest of your life. And I got goosebumps. You know, this was the number one selling point for me. If you're someone that has horrible hangovers, this might be a, a selling point for you. Because I found I was trapped like in a cycle of recovery. It takes two whole weeks for your body to recover from a binge, an actual binge. So if you binge within those two weeks, you are forever in a state of recovery and not functioning at full capacity. And this made my work day far more of a burden. And I had no idea, no idea alcohol was related until I stopped drinking. So looking back, it's super clear to me that I haven't lost anything, literally anything from stopping drinking. I have only gained. And this is the illusion I realized almost immediately. I was worried I'd be missing out, that I'd lose something, you know, the drinking games, the shots, that one pint feeling. But all of the above are irrelevant if you're having fun. You don't need them. And this is why I think so many of us don't take the plunge, because we're afraid of what we'll discover if we stop. And we have that question in our minds. For me, it was, am I fun enough? And I just want to say, fuck yes, you are. You really are. Everyone has something so unique about them. And I mean, I'm not going to rant about this, but you have been incredibly fun without alcohol before. And you will be or can be fun without it right now. So for any sober curious folks out there, let's just touch upon the transition to sober life because you might find this interesting um, so this was the most nerve-wracking bit for me I reckon I was concerned with how I would respond to the people who say what do you mean you know what do you mean you're not drinking stop being a twat and get a drink you know so let's talk about how to approach social situations sober quite simply it takes a little bit of time and it is only a little bit of time for people to adapt but your friends they will respect you the ones that don't they aren't your friends, <laughs> which is the blunt truth. But please note there is a difference from I'm not drinking this month to I'm not drinking anymore. It doesn't serve me. And once your friends get a whiff of how serious you are, they won't bother. They really won't. And they'll be getting you sparkling waters or the non-alcoholic beer, whatever it is that you are drinking, they will get that for you in the rounds. And it's a wonderful feeling when they start doing that and I've even had a friend who I was not expecting recommend a non-alcoholic brew dog for me and it was just a wonderful moment so it's actually the opposite for me now sometimes I have a non-alcoholic beer in my hands and a friend will think I'm drinking and they'll shout at me like you're not drinking are you and that just goes to show how it's just a moment of adaptation that is needed because it is a change and people will adapt so there's nothing to worry about there. Let's talk about parties. Well, firstly, I think dancing sober is genuinely the best thing. Um, that really shocked me. Um, and it gives you energy to see you through the late hours of the party and you'll go home having had like a great time. Um, so if you are worried about, oh, I'm going to pop off early, I don't want to be that guy, you actually 
have more energy when you engage and dance and chat and you you won't be going home too early trust me um so you can still get involved in the fun and drinking non-alcoholic beverages is something i really enjoy kind of in a social situation can at the beginning particularly just put you at ease a bit because it's it looks like an alcoholic drink if anyone asks you just say it's non-alcoholic that's what i did but that's just something to be weary of and it's quite nice to have a drink in your hand at a party as well Uh, it just feels feels good then we have drinking games and I realise you can still play them. <laughs> At first, you're going to feel like, oh, this is weird. I'm not, how do I get involved? But for me, I just found someone to drink for me, <laughs> quite simply. And yeah, you can still play. And they just are more than willing to drink for you, which is lovely. And there may be moments where you're like, ooh, you know, I could, uh, yeah, I could do that shot. That looks quite nice. So I have had those moments, I'm being completely honest. Um, But just know that every morning I wake up after a party, I feel grateful, so grateful that I didn't drink the night before. And that happens every morning. So it's just a a little moment of energy that feels like, ooh, it's alluring, you want to jump on it. But it doesn't, it's not the difference between you having a great night and you having a shit night. It really isn't. You will still have a good night if it's a good night. You know, you will still have a bad night if it's a bad night. It, it won't change that. Uh, but in the morning, the difference is that you'll wake up and you will feel so grateful that you didn't do it. Um, let's talk about dating. So this is a really interesting one. A lot of friends have been like really scared about this one like whoa like how do you do that and if you are single and thinking about going sober um but dating sober it's it's a shortcut really i think to discovering whether you have a genuine connection with someone and people find this scary because they think it will be awkward you know like oh god that's so awkward sort of thing but to be honest it's just as awkward as any first date (laughs) except I walk away with a clearer idea of whether I'd like to see the person again and Kagi Dumlop on her podcast Saturn Returns she puts it brilliantly she says a date is essentially like an interview a job interview for the position of your boyfriend or girlfriend and you wouldn't turn up to an actual interview drunk would you I just love that because you are I mean if you're not fucking around and you're going on a date and you are looking for a boyfriend or girlfriend, then you know drinking is definitely going to impair your judgment. <laughs> and it gives you something in common that is actually quite, well, it's, it's inauthentic, isn't it? Because you take away the drink and that's it. So for me, it's been a great shortcut. It is scary at first, but I mean, we've already touched on this. You, everyone has a fun side to them and it's, just having trust in that really that you are enough (laughs) and you do have stuff to say and that when you go on a date you can just be yourself and if it works out it works out but you'll know and that's the scary thing is you will know there won't be any kind of like oh should I text him should I not should I continue to see them like it will be abundantly clear and I think that is a great way of just kind of really not wasting any time (laughs) which can come across quite blunt but That's how I felt when I've been doing it. I just want to say it's clear to me that alcohol can definitely be a lovely sprinkle on top of a wonderful evening. 
but for me it was really that yeah it's a drug and i felt withdrawal and i would fail to overcome this most times and my relationship to it was one of dependency because i relied on it to make an evening fun it was the evening and i felt pressured to drink and it was pressure i put on myself it's important to note that until i stopped drinking this is when it truly exposed just how reliant I was on alcohol. And the benefits that came from sobriety showed me that I was missing out on so much in my previous life. Things that I couldn't even conceive of. You really do feel everything a lot more, a lot deeper with the edge on. Like everything. I felt more pain this last year than ever before. But I've also felt more joy, more love, more gratitude, and I feel more in tune with the way of things. You can't grow without feeling everything life has to offer you. And for me, alcohol was an obstacle. And people ask me quite a lot actually, is that you not drinking for life then? Is that you done? And honestly, I say I don't know. You know, who knows what will happen? <laughs> Perhaps one day I will filter alcohol back into my life and build a better relationship with it. But all I do know is that for the foreseeable, I am truly done. Because I don't need to drink. And as I learn to sigh and unwind without being under the influence, I understand more and more just how tough life can be and how alcohol is a crutch for so many and how although it has caused destruction it has also given so many people something to hold on to in this chaotic world it's had an impact on our culture on the arts it has given so much and there is a thanks for this, undoubtedly. But personally, I could only crutch for so long before I had to say goodbye. You know, like any relationship, if you cling on to it when it is no longer serving you, it will become toxic. So I'd salute anyone for who alcohol is serving. And for anyone that is sober curious, there is no rush. The time will come where you feel ready to take the plunge. And the way I see it, you know, we don't want to waste our youth. So I totally get that. Drink. <laughs> Drink away. But under no circumstances can we stunt our growth. And the balance is in our hands. Well, there we go. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it all the way through that, please do subscribe. I have lots more content coming out, interesting guests, another solo episode coming up. Um, and as always, do drop me an email if you have anything to say. I always love to hear from you. So thank you so much. Um, have a lovely day, everyone. And I'll see you soon. Okay, bye, guys. <laughs>